0: What's up, Hardcore Humans? Welcome to another episode of the Hardcore Humanism podcast. We are thrilled to be talking with John Carter Cash. John is musical royalty, the only child of the legendary Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash. John himself has worked for years as a music producer and has his own band, The Cash Collective, which recently put out a new album in 2020 called Hey Crow. Now, at Hardcore Humanism, our goal is to help you apply some of the core principles of humanistic psychology so that you can break free from the conventions and expectations that others may put on you or that you may put on yourself, find your purpose in life and work hard to achieve it. And for many of us, one of the first places from which we draw a sense of who we are as people is from our family, particularly our parents. As we are figuring out who we are in the world, we are also figuring out who they are how we feel about them, and how they feel about us. Often we feel that our parents represent a framework for understanding our own lives. And this framework can be constructive as our parents create the context for us to learn about ourselves, grow, and thrive. But our parents can also be the first place where we feel that there are barriers in our life as they may have different ideas about who we should be and how we should live our life. And so it's often a balance to figure out how to both appreciate learn from, and emulate our parents, while we also recognize the ways that we may want our lives to be different from what they would want from us. Now, this process can be complicated enough under more conventional circumstances. But when your parents are music legends, it can become even more confusing as to how you see yourself in the world when they are such a big part of it. And so I was curious as to how this process played out for someone like John in his personal development as he explored and carved out his own identity. So let's hear what John has to say.
1: Why don't we just start right away by saying thanks for being on the podcast, and when did you recognize the fact that your parents and your family was just a little bit different from everybody else's?
2: Well, you know, I mean, my parents, uh, I grew up on the road. I grew up traveling. I grew up um, seeing the world. I grew up going from place to place, seeing marvelous places. I had a chance... um, to really reach out into the world and to know people from around the world. And I remember one of the first things that I noticed about my parents was how kind they were to everyone. And people um, say royalty or um, like they'll say the, the one that's the funniest to me is someone said the other day, what's it like to be a product of the greatest love affair that ever was? And, um, and, and I say, you weren't there, were you? (laughs) You know, but, uh, my parents uh, they were they were down to earth um they had a way about them a humility of sorts i mean uh, they had you know an ego just like every entertainer has to but they had a humility of sorts that they treated the grocery store clerk the same as the president and my father would rather not be he would rather not be known for his great acts of selflessness He was the kind of person that if he slipped a hundred dollar bill into um, a a vagrant's pocket on the street, he would he would try to make sure that no one was watching when he did it. And and so that humility transported itself, you know, in all walks of life Um, that um, that 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 desire to better the world, that desire to be there for people in need. Um, So my parents, in many ways, weren't puffed up. They weren't a victim of their own stardom um, of their, of, you know, of the limelight. Um, However, I grew up on stage with my parents. I grew up singing songs with them, you know, in front of hundreds of thousands of screaming people. I grew up standing, looking up at my father on the, you know, I would be on his right side on the stage and I would look up at him and, and see this, this larger than life figure Johnny Cash that the world looked up to um, and I mean early on I wanted to be like my father I wanted to I wanted to be um, appreciated above others I wanted to be um, noticed for being special and unique and different and and there may have even been a competition of sorts in my spirit, especially when I got into my adolescent years um, however the the, the one thing they kept coming back to was I mean I mean and I saw their frailties I saw their weaknesses early on I saw the way they fell short, but the one thing that they kept coming back to was that that sort of spiritual center that that um, we're a family we're all in this together and there's really no one else better than us. So I, I first noticed uh, from the moment that I can remember, you know, that my parents were. The, the, they were larger than life, but they were, always went back to center, always went back to the fact that they were not better than anybody else, and they exhibited that every day of their life.
1: Now, now, what you're talking about here is it's very interesting because you're talking about two superlatives of sorts. You know, you're talking about one whereby they are out there in the world in a way that other people aren't, and yet they are humble in a way that other people aren't. And so I'm kind of curious from your perspective, that could be you know, for you like, oh, this is fantastic. Like I can really do this. Or it could be like, wow, am I ever gonna be able to do this? And I'm kind of curious how you played around with those concepts.
2: Well, but for one thing, my parents never pushed me to go in any specific direction, whether creatively or whether in career, Uh, I mean, of course, they they put me on stage and, you know, I I, I had the the roar of the audience in front of me. And it's almost it's almost, you know, like a drug, how it you know attaches into the spirit. Um, But they I mean, they never forced me to go into music lessons. They never said you had to go this certain path. Um, They were quite supportive of me following my own visions and my own dreams. And, And my parents were adventuresome um you know i mean my mother and father and i floated a river in alaska for five days you know sleeping on the banks with the bears across the river watching us all night you know when i was 13 years old um there was a great sense of life is a a marvelous adventure and you don't have to settle for less than that about the way that my parents lived their lives and the next the next thing that happens maybe will be at the White House. And the next thing that happens maybe that we're working at the gardens at an orphanage. But whatever it was, I knew that there would be, you know, a great adventure. Um, and that my parents in, in many ways were centered. My mother said that um, you know, God would bust my father's britches. Um. The and literally rip his pants open on stage if if he if he got too big for those britches in, in a you know in a metaphorical way, and they 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 were always trying to bring each other higher. They were always supportive of each other. They weren't they weren't in a competition you know with each other. Um. And and creatively they enhanced they inspired each other and and so um seeing all that happen on a regular basis seeing the beauty um you know from them it it led me in a creative path that was my own i worked on the road with them for years and years playing guitars uh on stage and singing background but by the time you know i was 27 28 years old i was recording records i was working in the studio i'd found i had found my own direction my own my own path and they supported me in that i really began making records and, and working in, in music, you know, with my parents as, as part of, of their recordings, um, you know, in the latter part of their lives. And and it helped me later down the line when I started working with Loretta Lynn and I started working with other, you know, artists of that stature. Um, and and that and that's one thing. I have a lot of friends that are quote unquote stars. And I think part of it, it, it and one of the reasons that I'm so close to people that are, Famous or whatever, renowned is. It's like I really don't notice that they are, and and because if they have a if they don't have that great nature inside and they don't have the the honesty and humility, it's no different for me from from than the lawyer who doesn't, you know, or the fisherman who doesn't, you know, or the president who doesn't, whatever it is. Um, I I have trouble noticing that people are stars after I get to know them you know, and nothing that comes from, you know, being around my parents all those years.
1: And and for a lot of people, humility is something that for better or worse is kind of forced on them because they're they're not in a position where they can do things that will bring about that level of admiration. Um, But for the people who, who have that potential and you can see that, how do you keep from that temptation? Of, of buying into that fame, buying into that glory. Um,
2: I think side by side with my father and my mother and then friends of mine like Jamie Johnson, Todd Snyder, Chris Christopherson, um, Jewel, uh, people like that. It's the school of hard knocks. It's the failures. It's the broken fall downs. It's the, you know, hitting a rock bottom. It, it's the reaching out and knowing that we can't do it on our own. And, uh, and that's and, and that saw my father do that. I've, I've, seen, I've seen other people do that, in, you know, uh, who are quote unquote stars. And, and so along with that, but like true humility, it's like, how do you get it? Well, you go through sheer hell and you hurt and you realize you can't do it alone and and i think i think you know i saw that with my parents i've experienced that in my own life and so it, in essence it's it's not like some, humility is something that you can work for it's something that you're broken down to by your own nature you know by the own darknesses within so that's what i saw with my parents and, and in my own life anyway
1: and one of the things that I saw, and, and tell me if I'm quoting you right here, but you had said something in an interview where that some of the things that you saw that were difficult with your parents, whether their addictions or their struggles, it actually interfered with you coming to a sense of purpose early on. You weren't quite sure what your identity was, and I'm kind of curious if if I if I got that quote right, and then if so, what what was that process like for you?
2: Well yeah I mean I, I thought that at one point that I wanted to be that that star, that I wanted to be that um, you know in, in that competition, I wanted to be like my father or like my mother and and then I realized that if I did what I loved and I was free within that that my own identity was created through my joy in my work and my partnership with my coworkers and in my relationships with my friends, um, and the relationship with my mate. And, and through that it is, is how I have found my own identity. And, and, and I mean, there's been times in my life and that hadn't been that long. It's been just a few months since about two, three weeks into coronavirus that, that, that I had, you know, a real loss of, of of identity and structure. Suddenly I wasn't traveling the road anymore. So suddenly I was in one place. Suddenly my whole life had changed. Um, I think, you know, life is a is a is a series of ups and downs, of course. And but it's forever going back to realizing that we don't know that we need to be teachable that if i am teachable i can learn and i can be, i can gain more in my life and that i haven't come to a place where i can be satisfied that i can fire the flame of dissatisfaction um, to a greater extent but still not um, uh, but but still be at peace but a lot of, a lot of it is uh, listening and being open minded and 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 being willing to learn because if if I'm not open minded and I'm not willing and I'm not learning, then I am blocked, you know, and I'm blocking myself. And um, so, you know, um, in finding my own path, and how can we lead if, if if we don't if we don't know our own direction, you know? And and so, if I'm going through struggles in life and relationships or whatnot, I have to get alone. I have to find my center. I have to come back to my own stature. And what's so exciting is that in seeing that there's no place where I have to be satisfied it is, is that there is another path. There is something else that I can do different. There is another choice. And if I'm willing to listen and willing to hear who knows what the heck I can find.
1: Now let's, I want to take that idea and, and pivot a little bit to uh, the album, the cash collective, Hey Crow. And I, I don't want to, just talk about a scene from the movie Walk the Line in relevance, uh, in terms of your own lyrics. But there was that scene where your dad was played by Joaquin Phoenix was trying out for uh, Sun Studio, and and uh, Sam Phillips, and he played one song which was very nice and upbeat gospel, and then you know Sam Phillips, the character uh, Sam Phillips said. You know this just isn't doing it for me i want something real something you felt you know if this was your last moment on earth kind of a thing and he and he did Folsom Prison Blues which was actually a much darker song and and one of the things that i noticed with your lyrics one of the things that i was uh looking with the Sunshine songs that don't let the darkness in right yeah. so i think it's a really nice thing but then i went to kick the man down uh-huh and i was like yeah <laughs> it's like that's 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 mine you know what i mean like, uh-huh. like that's that uh-huh. that one's that one's for me and so it's kind of an interesting thing because on a on a personal level for you i'm i'm really happy that you have don't let the darkness in but as a fan as a listener i need kick the man down and and i'm kind of wondering from your perspective just how you deal with the fact that Sometimes, like the best lyrics come from that, and the most compelling stuff comes from uh-huh. that darkness and How do you deal with that as an artist because it's it's not necessarily the best for you it's the best yeah. for me yeah. you, you know,
2: you, know? Talk, you talk about that lyrics as a falling behind you're right you're falling behind, your are less you sh- and then and then suddenly everything shimmers and shines, and then comes the morning and 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 then you know we are. I mean, whoever the heck the man is in our lives—that's you know—I read 1984 in 1984 because I was 14 and I had to, you know, uh, uh, for my own spirit and my own soul. And the the man being representative of those limitations that are placed on us that aren't realistic in our own souls, you know, and and, and perhaps I'm the man myself sometimes, but you know. Not to, not, not, and I, I, I never, I mean, my father was not political. I'm not political. But there are certain things that I believe we should never stand for, you know, um, in, in, uh, if, if it's in the structure of the world around us. And I don't know. I've never done very well with authority. I've I've seen flaws in my authority figures throughout my entire life. And, and so, and I always questioned, I mean, I, I, I was in 12 years of Bible studies and I questioned everything that the instructor said. And, and because I wanted to understand and I didn't, it's like, this doesn't make sense, you know, on a religious level. This doesn't make sense on a human level. Um, And, and so I think that's it. It's like, never be afraid to say, I will not take it. Always be watchful of something that's going on that no one else notices and people are letting pass. And I I think that that happens a lot in our world is that, is that everybody just goes, Oh, well, that's them. I'm in my own box here. I'm in my own frame. And, and that's, you know, I just have to let that be. That's, that's out of my realm. Well, that's sort of, you know, we have to tender our own yard and we have, you know, whatnot. But, but if you're like my father or, Or if you're creative at all, you know, um, sometimes you say it with a song or with a poem, uh, you know, that my daughter's two and a half years old. Her favorite song is We're Not Going to Take It (laughs) (laughs) by Twisted Sister. That's all she wants to sing right now, you know, and and um, sometimes we just got to say, you know, we're not going to take it. Thanks to Mr. D. Snyder.
1: I love that you said that because I literally just interviewed D for this. We did talked you really? about yeah. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> certain,
1: you know, certain themes are are common throughout. You know.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, you know, and I grew up with rock and roll. I grew up, you know, um, with mu- music that was created by the creator. The creators who created the music did so because it was poetry for their own souls. You know, and so that that's what um, the Cash Collective is for myself and for Justin Johnson and, and my wife, Anna Christina, and all the other artists that were on it, um, you know, and it's also a way of thinking and sort of a creative house. I mean, um, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not setting out to uh, to be the next Pink Floyd, but. Um, but I, you know, when I work with Justin, we have like Justin Johnson, who, who's the, you know, the guitar player and co-writer on a lot of the stuff, we have no limits. And, um, and suddenly through the process of doing this recording, I discovered that my daughter, Annabelle, who's 18 years old is, is a master lyricist, you know, and a poet. And so working with her is wonderful. And, and so it's, it's that, you know, it's, it's coming together with music that matters, um, in my heart. So.
1: Yeah, you know, just, uh, you know, this thing about humility, and, and, and I don't know exactly, I'm kind of curious your thoughts, but it seems like when you come from that humble place, it, it almost is, is two ways. Like I'm going to be humble about myself, but I'm also going to require a certain amount of humbleness from the people who claim to be an authority. And if we can have that humble discussion where neither one of us is like, we know, it's like, oh. that, that works. But as soon as somebody decides, well, I'm not going to be humble anymore," mm-hmm. uh, man, that, that, that goes south. Yeah. you
2: know Yeah yeah, well, you know, the secret of the secret brotherhoods, or the, the secret organizations is there are no secrets, <laughs> and they're, the, the truths are a whole lot simpler than I think a lot of people make them out to be. The, the truths are in, uh, are in the connection of, of, of light with friendship and connection and creativity. And the truth is in that feeling that you get when you are 19 years old and you're depressed and you're broken and you're falling apart. And you hear that music, you hear that song that lifts you up out of that. That's the truth. And sometimes we feel something so amazing inside and we spend the rest of our life seeking trying to find that thing right whether it's through drugs whether it's it's through people whether it's through sex whatever it's through we always are seeking to achieve that feeling again um and perhaps perhaps it's already there and perhaps um perhaps it's on the inside ah thanks man this is inspirational stuff Uh, yeah yeah thanks a lot man
0: So there you have it, John Carter Cash talking about growing up with his famous parents and how he carved out his own identity in the world. There are a lot of takeaways from the discussion with John, but one that I wanted to highlight was something he said right at the beginning about the balance between humility and striving for success. Now, in developing our own identity and sense of purpose, many of us feel that we have a choice, be humble and limited in our ambitions, or be somewhat arrogant, even if just privately, and want to take over the world. And John really talks about another option where one can continue to remain humble and grounded while also having aspirations to do great things. On one level, that's one of the best ways that we can connect with ourselves. Be really grounded in who we are and open to things that we can improve in our lives as we strive to achieve our life's purpose. And it's good to connect with people who can accept us as humble and grounded people and support our ambitions. I want to thank my wife and Hardcore Humanism co-founder Island Booman for producing this podcast and my brothers in Odd Zero for letting us use Odd Zero music. If you like what you hear on the podcast, subscribe on your favorite app, give us a rating, and write a review. And if you'd like to take the next step and make changes in your life, check out the Hardcore Humanism Therapy and Coaching Program at HardcoreHumanism.com. So get at it, Hardcore Humans. See you next time.